It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply hey everybody Original Survivor winner, Richard Hatch here. What are you doing listening to Bryce? (laughs) Well, you should, because he's sharp. Uh, I like it. I like it. It's a Purple Pants Podcast. That's what it is. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. Enjoy. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. The Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Well, hello, 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 and welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Isaiah. Oh, got special, special, special delivery for you guys this week. So glad that you are tuning in to this week's episode. If you could please make sure you are subscribed to my podcast, Purple Pants Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts from, make sure you subscribe, give your baby boy some five stars, write a review, and tell a friend to tell a friend. Yes, what's going on? I'm so excited, so happy to be talking to y'all. And listen, baby boy is wetting his whistle. Hold on. Mm, 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 Listen. Over in Philly, they predicting the snowstorm. So listen, while people run into the grocery store, baby, you know I had to run to the liqueur store. It was a pay week. So I said, let me get the big bottle of the Tito's, okay? Because you know I don't put my heat on. So listen, I need the Tito's to keep me warm. But what's going on with everyone? How is everybody doing? How the family? I'm, I hope all is well. You, you ask how I... I'm doing busy, 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 busy as a corn, busy as a tea. I'm busy as a quarantine, be, 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 busy as a quarantine, be, 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 you know. But wait, Purple Pants Posse, I ain't heard that in a minute. Wait, busy, mm, 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 busy, mm, mm, I'm busy as a quarantine, be, Beep, beep, busy. Okay, let me stop. Let me stop. See, this why I had to cut back on wetting the whistle. Cause during those episodes, baby boy just be singing the whole time. Really had a busy weekend this week. 
when DZ, the owner of Beave Unlimited, had a delivery this weekend in D.C. and in Maryland and in Philly. And so Joey Hatch and myself, well, not Wendell and Joey and myself, I went along on the trip because, you know, I'm too pretty to do any of that manual labor them Beave guys be doing. However, it's so much fun to be a part of the team during these install deliveries because, you know, Wendell is crazy. He likes things a certain type of way. Joey be busy in himself. And, you know, me, I'm just there to crack the jokes and I really help along the way. So I thought of what a great idea is. How about instead of me telling a Purple Pants Posse about this trip, why don't I record it? So we created a video. Video of the weekend so that you can see and come along and, and see what I'm talking about. So make sure you guys head over to my YouTube channel, Bryce Isaiah, and watch the exclusive Beave Unlimited install trip. Baby, I'm trying to tell you, you're going to bless your life. Okay, you're going to see what I do. You're going to see the work your baby boy do. But seriously, you will get to see the passion, the love that Wendell and Joey have for their job. You get to see how detail oriented Wendell is and you get to see the final products. Him literally creating these beds for these families is absolutely amazing. And after we had finished two deliveries, we had to stop by the Green Turtle. Now, I told y'all about the Green Turtle before the last time we had a beef install in D.C. But, baby, the Green Turtle show out, okay? They showed out. So the Green Turtle is a sports bar. You know, it's nationwide. They're in Maryland, Virginia, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Long Island, New York, Bay Bay. And it's not just any old type of sports bar. Okay. You know how sometimes you go to them sports bar and you don't feel comfortable. It's like, oh, it, you, you feel. Nope. This is a family oriented sports bar but baby forget all of that it's the food for me who chile so while we were at the green turtle the hospitality there was a, a, a one out of ten probably was a thousand we actually got to eat dinner with the ceo of the company geo and the chief innovation officer michael rose they ate with us and baby michael rose is on that menu. So they are looking to relaunch after the, oh, they just switched ownership. And so they want to kind of like pizzazz it up a little bit. So they are switching up the menus, making it a little more current, and they are keeping a lot of the favorites. Bay bang. I, ooh, listen. When I tell y'all, listen, you know, I don't lie about no food. The, the chicken tenders. Now, first of all, everybody got chicken tenders, okay? Everybody got chicken tenders, but baby, whatever they put in the batter at the green turtle and them chicken tenders, who make you want to smack your mama? Barb, come here so I can smack you. Listen, burgers, juicy, the drinks, delicious. And you know, your baby boy can wet his whistle. Now, because I was not the designated driver and I could wet my whistle, baby, on a menu, they had the Coco Rita margarita baby you know i had about two of those they had the corona rita the fresh fruit rita okay some of their specialty cocktails was the green tea the shell shocker 
Okay, the strawberry mojito, the Mai Tai. Listen, now when we got there, the chief innovation officer, Mikey Rose, kept telling us, oh my God, Bryce, you're going to love this. You got to try the, the hog hammers. I said, now what in the hell? A hog hammer? I said, Mikey, what is that? Listen, it's like a bone-in barbecue pork shoulder or something like that. So I was a little nervous because, you know, anything with the name hog make me kind of like turn to the left a little bit. Baby, when they brought them hog hammers out, you dip that bad boy in some barbecue sauce. Hoo-wee. But their menu is just so open. They just got so they got tacos. They got burgers. They got bowls. They got the soups. They got the the I you they call them handhelds. You know, you get a, a grilled salmon sandwich. Listen. And Michael showed out. He really kind of wanted us to taste it all and really wanted our feedback. And you know, listen, I'll tell you the truth. If I like something or I don't, the green turtle, bay bay. If you in Long Island, you in New York, you in Pennsylvania, you in New Jersey, you in Virginia, you in Maryland, listen, do yourself a favor. I'm trying to tell you, Purple Pants Pussy, it's the green turtle for me. We actually went to the handover location in Maryland. If you in the handover location, if you near the handover location, listen, stop on in and ask for the, the manager, Rob. Tell him the Purple Pants podcast sent you. You won't regret it. And save me some chicken tenders. Okay. All right. Let me wet the whistle and stop talking about this because, listen, I'm hungry now. I am hungry. I, I want some of the hog hammers. <laughs> okay. When he said, Bryce, you got to try the hog hammer. At first, I'm like. I think I'm about to try one, but I'm, you know, that spicy Bricey being nasty, but it was literally delicious. So please check out the green turtle if you guys are near one. But let me stop talking about food. Let me wet the whistle. Mm, 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 mm. I am so excited for this week's episode. So let me give you the rundown on the special delivery episode. We've got the church announcements. After the church announcements, guess what's back? The casual tea with Ahmad and B. Yes, Ahmad Alwyn is back to give us the casual tea pop culture edition. Okay. Now, you know, I'm breaking down the latest episode of the Fox hit show, Prodigal Son. I have the honor of welcoming Jacob Jones from Sequester Season 4. I hope you guys watched the season finale because it was one to remember. I've got Jacob on for an interview. Purple Pants Premonitions is back this week. We've got Advice with Bryce and Freak of the Week. So listen, y'all. Let me put these hog hammers down. <laughs> And let's get into the church announcements. What up, what up, what up, Purple Pants 
Posse. It is your boy, the one and only, the person Bryce has to shout out every single episode. I don't know what that's about, but it's cool. Uh, it's your boy, Wendeezy, in the building, dropping in on the church announcements real quick to just let you guys know that my custom furniture company, Beave Unlimited, finally released our website last week. So please, please show your boy some love. Go to BeaveUnlimited.com. Check out our merch. You know, we're always rocking the beeve hats or the shirts or the hoodies. We got a lot of merchandise on there for sale. We have the beeve hoops on there for sale. Or if you have a custom order, we have a form that you can submit custom inquiries. So check out beaveunlimited.com. Get what you need. You can order a bed. Hashtag let's talk about your bed. You can order a, you know, a table, whatever you need. And I'm sure you've seen Bryce Isaiah rocking my hats, rocking my shirts. He steals my clothes. That's okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, check me out. BeaveUnlimited.com. Much love. It's a man who. It's a menu. Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. It's a man who. It's a menu. Me and potatoes like we cooking up a great stew. And keeping the mango rolling, I've got a goody, 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 goody back. Back, back again on the podcast. Cause it's the casualty with Amon B. It's the casualty with Amon B. Welcome back to the podcast, baby boy. Yes. I'm so excited to be back. I haven't been back in a while. I missed this. I know. I got all sorts of new flavors of tea that I'm ready to spill. I'm so excited to be back. It's been such a, it's been, it's been a while. It's been forever. I mean, I've long time to sip. I, I listen. I I didn't brew the fresh pot, so I'm excited for the evolvement of the casual tea. Um, so to some of the listeners out there, you know, I had baby boy Amon on because he was breaking down the casual tea of Big Brother. Because you know, I ain't really know nothing about that. I'm still trying to figure out the wall crawlers, but you know, <laughs> it it is what it is. So Amon and I talked and we're like well why don't we continue the casualty but why don't we maybe continue with like pop culture or like news and entertainment things that we know about um specifically not specifically but like especially in our community so i was like yes i love you know me i I love to sip some tea so you know we'll bring this to you guys as often as you want it so the first casualty that i have is miss cicely tyson yes uh, a legend. Uh, first a of, legend. Uh, a legend in all genres of every sort. I can't think of growing up um, in my black household. She was always on the TV. She was all. She mm-hmm. always played a grandmother, a mother. She was such a pioneer. Um, and to live ninety two years is just so amazing. I, like sometimes I wonder, like, do I? I don't even know if I want to live ninety two years. Like you know, that's a full life. Um, mm-hmm. And. She just no, it was 96, 96, 96, 96. Almost 100, right? Oh. That's crazy. And, you know, the one thing that I'm always big on on the podcast is like, I feel like I, I'm always telling people, give people their roses or give people their flowers while they're here. You know, I always just hate when someone passes and I feel like all of a sudden they get acknowledgement. I, I always think of Aaliyah. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like Aaliyah was a... A, a huge star. I, the love that she gets in her passing, I didn't feel like mm-hmm. it was the love that she got when she was here. Like, why wasn't her her albums number one? Why, like, you know, but I say that to say with Cicely Tyson, I really do believe that while she was on this earth, 
she received her roses. I believe that mm-hmm. the the black community, the acting community, they all embraced her. And a huge shout out, I feel like, to Tyler Perry because in exactly. her, her last like 15 years of life, Tyler kept her working, um, kept her in roles, kept her just doing her thing and not just like any old roles. Like I've always felt like the roles that he put for her were built for her like you know just to show off her acting ability it doesn't matter how old how young you are you can still act and I just felt like Tyler really kind of like she took him under her wing and he just really provided and we really got to see her evolve and her work especially with Tyler yes most definitely I I um I was introduced to Cicely Tyson from my, my earliest memory of her is definitely watching her in um, Tyler Perry's Diary of a Mad Black Woman and no matter how you feel about Tyler Perry in his movies <laughs> the fact that he, the fact that he knew who she was and knew just um, how much of a strong figure and voice and presence that she has within Black Hollywood I think that if anything yes props to Tyler Perry for introducing her to people that are around you know, that are a little younger you know what I mean because if, if it wasn't for Tyler Perry I might not have have even really known who she was and yeah she just she was always around she was always you know popping up on tv popping up in a movie playing a wise old woman or just just someone that you were just very drawn to um she got nominated for an emmy four times in a row just for her role in how to get away with murder watching her and viola davis on screen together is probably one of the best parts of that entire show so props to to shonda rhimes and to peter nowak and all of the people that were involved in getting her to be a part of that it's just i'm it's such a treasure and such a gift to be able to still see her shine towards the end of her life and yeah she lived that's like one of the main things i keep seeing on online is that she lived a very full and beautiful life and it wasn't always pretty like let's not forget like this is a woman this is a black a dark-skinned black woman Mm. that was born in the 1940s Mm. okay so she not every bit of her life is glitz and glam and roses she had to fight for everything that she had she had to get where she got through struggle and in the face of all that was against her and she still got it and she is still recognized not just by black people but yes as you said like in the later years of her career recognized by the masses for a huge talent so yes emmy awards an honorary oscar like the woman is just an An extreme talent and a force an icon yeah Definitely. I can remember one of my first times seeing Cicely Tyson was in the movie Hoodlum. Um, and it was about Bumpy Johnson. And I think he was played by Lawrence Fishburne. It's a classic. It's like a crime drama mob movie. But anybody that's listening that's seen Hoodlum that know the role that Cicely Tyson played, Bebe, she wasn't one to be with. Okay. Mm-hmm. She, yep. she served it. And so if you've never seen the movie Hoodlum, I'm just trying to tell you, thank me later. But yeah, definitely. Definitely, Cicely Tyson. I just we, we couldn't start Casualty without paying homage to the late great Cicely Tyson. So yeah, that on yeah, there. definitely what? watch 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 the Hoodlum, watch Fried Green Tomatoes. Yes, yes. Watch, Tyler, watch the the Tyler Perry movies. Watch the Help, of course. I know the Help is yes. really really popular. Watch her on How to Get with Murder. Just watch her. Just just you know absorb all of the talent that she had to offer. And once again, shout out to Tyler Perry because one of the first times that I remember hearing Cicely Tyson was when he like opened up his studio in Atlanta or whatever, mm-hmm. and he like dedicated an entire soundstage or something, some uh-huh, branch yeah. of his studio he he named after her. So yeah, just. I'm I'm so glad that she that she got her uh got her just due. Yes, while she was here. Yes, yes, absolutely. While she was here, because you know people love to scream their names when they're gone, but scream their names while they're here. So mm-hmm. yeah, I I completely agree. Love it, love it. So what's the next casualty you got, baby boy? So do you want to talk about? 
the stock market? You want to talk about something nerdy? Or do you want to talk oh. about Michael B. Jordan and Lori Heavey? Oh, let's, um, <laughs> let's do, I don't know. Let's do the stock market. Okay. So listen, I'm not a financial person. Okay. <laughs> I'm not an economist. Okay. okay? <laughs> so I'm going to try and explain this to people in a way that I found pretty easy to understand. So basically, um, over this past week, there's this uh, subreddit. I think it's mm-hmm. called Wall Street Bets, right? Yeah. That have decided to come together and sort of short out a section of the stock market uh, over GameStop, right? Right. But see, I feel like it starts even before you get to that. So I hate to interrupt you because I no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Like and, I said, know, I'm. I'm. You know, I'm a little. I'm a little. You so know, I'm a new to this. You know, in this country, I feel like the disparity of wealth is mm-hmm. not equally spread out. Like when you look yes. at the one percent yes. of in our country who has the wealth as compared to like the middle class, the poor uh-huh. and the poverty. Uh-huh. It just don't, it don't make sense. Like, it's like, I always hear of this generational wealth and you know, they, they keep it in the family. They pass it down. The rich stay rich and the poor stay poor. And so mm-hmm. I always thought with the stock market, it's investment. You make money off of investments. If uh, a man say he coming out with a stock line and he opens it up for trading and you know, we want to support their baby boy. We're going to buy stocks and if more people buy it, the company's successful, you'll make your money. But see, what the rich people don't want you to know is that they even make money off of when stocks go down okay it's called Mm -hmm. like a big short and Mm -hmm. so if they know that the stock is going to go down and they can actually like essentially it's almost like betting like hey i'm gonna put this much into this because i know it's gonna go down and if it does go down then i make money off of it going down Mm mm-hmm Yep. So that's where the Reddit's coming. And here's the thing, because I hear people keep calling it like a hack. It's not really a hack if these are the rules. Right. right. So, you know, in the Reddit group that you was talking about, they came up with this idea that and I also and mind you, because I listen, I ain't no economist. I ain't no but listen, I just pay my bills. And, sometimes late and just live my life <laughs> but <laughs> exactly there are like these companies and these people that write reports on companies that like are going to go bad and right. so reddit kind of got wind of this and was like oh okay well listen if they are shorting this company and betting on it to lose why don't we all because mind you first of all who don't got reddit reddit is like uh, millions of people in there so mm-hmm. they they was like well listen gamestop essentially is on its way out because now with the PS5 with the the Xbox Square 27 you don't even need to go to stores to buy games anymore you can literally just download them on your console so essentially in my mind GameStop is like a blockbuster like you know mm-hmm. people sh- yep. you, you don't need it anymore so the Reddit group was like well listen if we all put our money in to this stock that they're betting on to go down bitch we can make money exactly exactly Apparently, so what the, what they do, and correct me if I'm wrong, because what I read is that you go ahead and um, you buy or you, you borrow a bit of stock or whatever it is from GameStop, and then the price, you know that the price is going to go down, and then 
uh, once it jacks up again because everybody's buying it, then you go ahead and resell it and then make a profit off of the difference of the price that you sold it or the price that you bought it for and the price that you're not selling it back to, right? Is that what's like the, the general? Well, c- correct. Yes. But there's also like when you like the short bid is that you actually bid on it for it to go down. Okay. So that's what a lot of these hedge funds were doing with companies like GameStop. Like they're like, okay, well, we know what's going to go down. So we're going to bet that it's going to go down. And the more it goes down, the more money they'll make. But yeah, okay. in the sense of the stock is that if you put money into it, then the stock will go up. And so what happened was these Reddit people was like, well, we're going to pour our money on Tuesday mm-hmm. at 3 p.m. We all going to buy this, the stock. Like it might have been $3. So millions of people started buying the stock in GameStop and Bay Bay, it, child, it was doubling, tripling. And, and, and people made like 8,000% off of their stock that they put into GameStop. And so you know, you would think, right, that's a win-win. You know, GameStop is doing well. These people on Reddit are now getting money and, like, yes. large sums of money. But, baby, these big companies that were betting on it to lose, all of a sudden, um, they're betting on it to lose so that they can make money. Now that it's not losing... They're losing money. And you know, the rich mm-hmm. are like, wait, well, wait a minute. The rich are like, well, wait a minute. The poor can't get this money like that. And so a lot of the people that were using, um, this platform called Peter Pan. I think that's it. I don't know. Might, you might be Robin Hood. Might be, I think it might be Robin Hood. They were using this platform called Robin Hood where you could sell stock for free. And so right. they're using this platform, which is free and they're making this money. So baby, the rich was like, Oh no, 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 no. They can't do that. So the hedge funds, and so what I've understood is that sites like Robinhood, how do they make their money? Because if, you know, people are trading for free, how are they able to make money? Sites like Robinhood make their money from the hedge fund, essentially the 1%, the hedge funds and the people with money. So Robinhood can notice trends and they report to the hedge funds what the trends are so that the hedge funds kind of like know ahead of time. So know if they need to short a stock, if they need to put money in a stock and they pay Robinhood for that information. Now the hedge funds is turning into Peter Pan like baby y'all you're bleeding us dry this mm-hmm. is not how this is supposed to work and so they literally put a they was like Robin Hood you need to stop it so they literally like froze GameStop and they like on if you were on Robin Hood you couldn't buy stock in GameStop you couldn't sell your stock and, and for me I feel like well that's illegal that's like how do you have a rule and then when multiple people are winning which you would think is good for economy and the rich are like uh uh-uh, uh you can't do that they put a stop to it so there is like a class action lawsuit against multiple people. Um, and I don't know if they're from the Reddit group, but multiple people that put their money into the GameStop and then Peter Pan like shut it down for a day. So now there's a class action lawsuit. Uh, but it just really goes to show you the, the distribution of wealth in this country is that. Well, well same diff. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Ch- ch- it, it really shows you that it's not luck it's not like work hard get like no it's like the wealthy try to stay wealthy and they put rules and regulations and they they don't want us to get money yeah as much as it's like that's the that's the main takeaway that i've been getting a lot from this is as much as it's an an economic gap it's an an information gap as well because Mm -hmm. people aren't if the masses aren't well versed on how trading and all the stock markets work then of course it's easier for people that are already that already have the funds to begin with to manipulate it in their favor but then once you start 
you know, once people start, or like, you know what, why don't we stick it to Wall Street real quick, buy all their stock up, force GameStop to be more, more than it was before, and then beat you at your own game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I just feel like if people, like, it's, it's so much more, like, because we, we spend hours upon hours upon hours about debating about, you know, Republicans versus Democrats versus all of this. And not to say that there aren't core differences that deserve uh, a special debate, but in a lot of ways, the big, the biggest thing in this country, the biggest war I believe that's always been there is just the have versus the have nots, right? Okay. And they continuously divide us through trivial matters, some serious matters, but mostly trivial matters. And then all the while they're getting richer and richer and richer. Okay. People get in the family, just like you said. And we are left to pick up the scraps and take what we can and think, oh, well, if I hit it big, um, this kind of way, let me just take my coin and then run. You know what I mean? Instead right. of like trying to figure out a way to close the gap between the classes as a whole and not just individually but people don't people don't normally think that way but reddit was the big equalizer here okay. and got everybody up on the same page and was like you know what if we all do this we all can succeed now where this all ends that's what i'm trying to figure out like i'm trying to figure out like what's what's going to happen from here like where do we go from here do they just continuously try to freeze us out Mm. of making these trades and buying or is there actually some legal precedent on the side of the Reddit users? Right. I don't know. And then you know a lot of the time the government controls these hedge funds and so it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see these laws that they will now put in to try to stop things like that and it's just really frustrating for me because it's like well you would think wealthier people in the country or the more money that is generating during a pandemic while people are starving would be good and make no mistake baby the rich during this pandemic while people got their hand out for $600 and $1,200 just to make the, the ends meet while people can't pay their rent while people can't pay these student loans best believe the rich during this pandemic are still getting rich exactly I mean we even have what's her face the, the lady that just lost um her seat in Georgia to uh, to Warnock, Kelly Leffler, when she was involved in all of these meetings back in March of 2020, before the pandemic was about to hit the fan, she sold off all of these stocks that she owned because she knew what was about to happen. And so, and this is this is a lady that's already a half a billionaire, right? Mm. So they are doing it in our faces, right? It's like it, the, the blatant way that they are able to sort of just get away with all of this, the way that she used her political seat to give her even more money. It's like, if she's able to do this in plain sight and nothing happens to her and then still run for a seat that she wasn't even given by the people to begin with, then why are y'all so bent out of shape about all of these people trying to buy GameStop? Right. Okay. Like it's the the double the double speak is just like astounding. It's crazy. And so I think they did the same thing with AMC. And so baby, you know me. I try. I I had to join that Reddit group. I said, wait a minute, where the money at? Okay. (laughs) And the world on the block is with Nokia or uh BlackBerry. Like you know, that's the next stop that they trying to uh razz on up. But listen. Reddit, let me know when and where, cause I, you know, I got a little seven dollars and fifty cent I can invest somewhere. I will but, definitely put a little some some down. You t- you okay, t- listen, you got another seven dollars? We can put fourteen dollars on Peter Pan. Come on, what you doing? I'm Cash down. at me. I so, am so down. <laughs> so I mean, yes, it's kind of a crazy thing going on out here. So I'm curious to know, Purple Pants Posse, what you think about this? Cause you know my Purple Pants Posse be knowing. Um, but the next casualty that I have is Baby Miss Wendy Williams. Ooh. 
So, so if you I watched mean, it, I didn't get a chance to watch so it. So I watched half of it last night at like three o'clock in the morning. Then I fell asleep. And then this morning I watched her because she did a bi- <laughs> biopic. Bi- biopic. I'm about to say a biopsy. I'm like, I don't think she did a biopsy <laughs> oh, no, not on that. Lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> not but that. she did a Lifetime biopic on herself. And then she also did a documentary on herself. And I watched the documentary um, in its entirety. It was really good. And I saw half of her biopic, which was really interesting you know sometimes you know with these lifetime uh movies they be hit or miss tony braxton one was okay the Aaliyah one was trash even though wendy executive produced the Aaliyah one so i was nervous about this one uh but i felt as though it was since it was wendy that she probably would do it justice um and i enjoyed it she really touched on a lot of things um in her life story thus far because she's only in her 50s so she still has much more life to give but you know just how she started out in radio and she really wanted to be big in New York but she couldn't get a job anywhere so she really kind of like worked part-time in one city in another city until she kind of like picked up but really what I got from the story is that Wendy is a hustler despite how messy she might be despite her love life with her husband which is a mess uh because we can get to that but she really is a hustler and you kind of have to give it to her for being such a mogul in this Mm -hmm. multimedia era for her to transition from radio to tv to have her successful tv show um but of course she's had her struggles she she talked about her cocaine addiction. She talked about her miscarriages. She talked about the infidelities and in her relationship, which is really big right now because we know that she's divorced from her husband, Kevin Hunter, who for like 10 years while they were married, had it all like, him uh, out on air too. Mm. Okay. Had a whole mistress, whole girlfriend. He didn't bought a child. a child. She just had a baby. We learned that, you know, he purchased a $745,000 house, maybe five minutes from her home in New Jersey so that the girlfriend can live. We know that when she was on like hot, I don't know if it was 97 and she had her show with Charlemagne, uh, you know, Charlemagne, the God from the Breakfast Club. We know that they had a, a huge falling out and we did not know why. Um, and then Charlemagne and, and Wendy Williams kind of came back together uh, maybe a couple of years ago. But we learned that Charlemagne was the person that introduced Wendy Williams' husband to his current mm. baby mom. No. Yes. Uh. It was Charlemagne. But in the movie and to Charlemagne's defense, he did not introduce them with that intent. So, I mean, her husband is uh, a grown man and made his own decision. So Charlemagne's like, I right. did introduce them, but it wasn't like I'm introducing you to have a whole mistress. So, right. and then in the bio, the <laughs> in the bio, Biopsy. Uh, biopic. Movie. Biopic. Okay, just biopic. Biopic. In the biopic, <laughs> they really talk about the volatile relationship of Wendy and her husband. Now, then on her documentary, she goes to say that it was, uh, he was emotionally abusive, but she still defends him in the sense that he never was physically abused. But when you hear from some of the staffers and you hear about how how he would move and some of the things that he would do it kind of only would lead me to believe that he was physically abusive but in my opinion physically abusive emotionally abusive sexually abusive baby they all in the same category for me abuse is abuse yeah i mean that's that's interesting i mean i guess i I guess i can understand the importance of making the distinction between the two of them but i i think i tend to agree with you like it's i mean if you are not able to live your life in the way that you want to because a branch of your health is being severely affected by another individual that's not that's that's not good that's not healthy and it can still lead to a lot of other 
problems. So interesting that she made that distinction. I mean, but I feel like she's always been kind of on that type of energy for a long time. I mean, this 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 whole thing with Kevin has not been any secret for a long time now. And she has repeatedly come to his defense in any way that she could with with, with like sometimes to the detriment of herself. So it's it's and I think it's I guess it just kind of stems because that is, you know, that is the 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 father of her child and I guess, you know, as a person you kind of cling to the parts of your relationship that are still i guess good i guess in a way like i mean if if i mean is kevin like i mean mean, kevin jr like if she has to think about him a lot of the time and how his um his parents going through like a public divorce and all of this disagreements how that will affect him and i think that she really really tries to protect her son by protecting um his father and that is just such a heavy cross to bear but i'm which is why i was so glad last year when she was like you know what i'm done i'm done and then she talked about going out in Manhattan with okay. uh, with uh, Black China. I was like, you better you better live your life, Miss Williams. Yeah, live your life. <laughs> Don't get me wrong; she's still messy as hell, and I do not agree with her on a lot of different things. But the one thing that, again, that I took away from watching all of this, of Wendy, was that she is definitely a hustler, but she is in my opinion, definitely a broken woman. And I... And just even if you watch the documentary, like I mean, literally, she's like bawling her eyes out half the time, which, again, kind of sort of draws me in because I, I feel like it's real. It's emotions. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like I, I don't get the sense of resolve from her. I get mm. this, you know, in the bio, bitch in the movie and in her documentary, <laughs> she it was really good with decompartmentalizing and that like she could put something in a box and put it away and not deal with it and I, I think that she has a lot of layers and things that she needs to actually figure out uh to be the best Winnie that she can be because honestly for me she's a black woman despite how messy she is she has definitely paved the way for even people like me on a podcast so I definitely look up to her in so many ways but I definitely um I I, I want her to find peace it's really what I took away from it and although like you know the movie ends on like you know her living her best life and like you know a fresh start but sometimes I know you know even for my podcast it's really easy to paint the world or give the people what you believe they want to see and put that wall up but really inside be broken and i just i I just hope that she deals with that but i mean it's really good so if y'all have not watched it check out her movie um and her documentary that's on lifetime because it was good i ain't even gonna lie it was good and i hope and you know and and i hope that there is that she understands the difference of what you just talked about you know whether or not she can give herself what she needs and not just present what we, what she thinks that we think that she needs right. to us. Um, because and I, and I think and I and I think that she probably is doing that. I, that's what I want to believe because there are those moments when you see her on TV or when you see her in an interview, and there is like some real raw emotion that like one of the videos that I always return to is when she's talking about Whitney after Whitney passes on her show, and you can just tell that she is being as honest as she can here. And even though her and Whitney didn't have like the the best past, Coke is you can cheap. tell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could tell that she actually did care because she identified with the struggles that Whitney was going through, having yes. gone through 
herself. So, and the fact that when everything was happening with her divorce, she went straight to a halfway house because she was like, you know what? I just need to figure out how to be Wendy on my own before I do do something drastic and I end up, you know, falling back into a relapse. And even if she did relapse, at least she was in a, she was in an environment to help her deal with that relapse if it were to happen. So I, the optimist in me wants to believe that she is on the right track and it's not just an act. And yeah, so more power to you, Whitney. Or, oh my goodness. Wendy, oh, excuse oh, me. Child. Wendy. More power to you, but I mean, more power to Whitney too. Whitney too. Rest, Listen, rest in power. Rest in power. Rest in power. <laughs> and I, I will always love you. Bobby, Bobby. Oh, oh, uh, uh, you ain't going to updo me? Hold on. <clears throat> oh, 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 oh. Oh, 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 Baby, baby, Whitney, what about Whitney, you? Whitney, Whitney, yes, Whitney, Whitney, worry about Whitney. crack is cheap, baby girl. <laughs> I'll never forget. I don't know where I was. I felt like I was with like my, I want to say my mom, but I definitely wasn't. I think I might have been with my sister. I remember hearing that interview on the radio. <laughs> and I don't I just I remember just the hostility I don't think mm-hmm. in that time I could really get into the tea and the shade but then I remember like in college listening to the interview over like that's what me and my friends would do uh, oh my god it was just I was like that was just such a classic classic it is an outstanding piece classic. of American uh, radio <laughs> uh, another classic piece is when her show before it got picked up they did that like five week uh, special in the summer to see if it picked up and one of her first guests was Amarosa and when her and Amarosa was going back and forth on her show and I was like ooh is Amarosa really going to get Wendy and then Wendy kind of like snatched it back but yes. enough about Wendy what else what's another casualty that you have I mean I, I, I think we should just go ahead and talk about Michael B. Jordan and Jordy Levy because, um, Lori Harvey Lori Harvey First of all, I mean, listen, I've been just talking all, I'm gonna just let you go because I got a lot to say about the subject. I, I mean, you probably have more to say about it than ah! I do. I just, okay, so here's the thing, y'all. It has been a Explain to them who Lori Harvey is, just in case they don't know who Lori Harvey is. I mean, from what I understand, she is someone who uh, routinely pops up ah! <laughs> <laughs> dating men of note. Okay. Um, and not I'm not, not to say that, that there's anything wrong with that. Some of the people being Diddy. Um, some of the people also being Diddy's son. Some of the people being Future. Some of the people being Trey Songs. Some of the mm-hmm. people being uh somebody else bigger. I can't think of. But anyway, very big. Lori Harvey is she's like the, a personality model. She's been in the game for a long time. Like. The daughter of Steve Harvey. Now. I don't believe that she's Steve's biological daughter, though. I think that she is... I think the stepdaughter. Right. But then it's weird because I guess she took the, his name because Steve is married to her mom, Marjorie Harvey. Marjorie Harvey. <laughs> Marjorie Harvey. And Marjorie is a bad bitch, okay? She know how to dress. She's cute. And so obviously, you know, he have her daughter, Lori. And she's just really been, over the last like couple of years, um, a socialite in the community but not even the pop community and the black community we really know who she is but we really don't know much about her other than like what Amon said was that it is we just know who she is connected to um and you know she was with sierra's baby daddy future for a long time but we already know that wasn't going to last because women never really last with future but more notably okay she's a couple of months ago she was seen at the airport with michael 
I'm about to say Michael B. Harvey. That is not. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean hey. ch- I, I might as well be because listen, I'm seeing more press of Michael than, than when he was in Black Panther dating Lori Harvey. But more recently, those two, Michael B. Jordan, have been seen at these airports, you know, going on trips. And then maybe like two mm-hmm. weeks ago, they confirmed it on Instagram because, you know, ain't no real relationship is real unless you mm-hmm. confirmed on the Instagram. And this is where I feel like Lori cross the line with me okay baby you didn't listen you got meek mills rapping about you you got drake wanting you you didn't had diddy and his son you didn't have future why you why you listen i'm gonna need you to leave my man michael b jordan alone <laughs> okay but on the same note i love it because i always feel like especially in the black communities there's a double standard if men oh, i mean in any community but for me what i specifically know is the black community guys they can date 100 girls and they're considered the man let a girl hold a hand two hands of a guy then she's you know the worst names in the book and so i always hate that but i love the fact that Lori is a young black beautiful woman connected to all of these men she clearly got something that they want and here's the kicker i don't even think i've ever heard her speak (laughs) <laughs> me neither all I've seen are the, the Instagram comments that she leaves under Michael B. Jordan's Twitter <laughs> that's, that, that's, that, that's the closest I've heard to her speaking a lot of people are under the impression that this relationship is fake and that it is there for a show because Michael B. Jordan has come under fire over the years for only liking to date white women mm-hmm. and so they think that this is just his ploy to um, ingratiate himself with the black community and um, make him just a little bit more marketable so that you know people are more likely to go and see his movies although i feel like people are going to go see his movies regardless right michael b jordan and he looked good so i mean there's that um but they, a lot of people just think that all of the the heavy-handed comments that they both leave under each other's pictures and Turtle. all this stuff that they yeah <laughs> All this stuff that they, you know, they're doing together. It just seems a little put on. Now, look, Hollywood has not been, it's not been unknown that there have been relationships that have been put on just for the image of it all. Now, whether or not, like, I I mean, I don't follow Michael B. Jordan really to be knowing what his life is like, what his dating habits be like. (laughs) I don't really be following Lori Harvey either. So if the two of them are in love, more power to them. If it's a relationship of convenience, well then it's working. Honest, the Kardashians working. do all the time. They okay? do it all the time and I don't give a shit. Like it's it's fine. <laughs> it's it's fine. Like just let these two black people do what they need to do. Collect their bag, collect their coin, collect their money and we can keep it moving. Like that's just I mean as long as nobody's getting hit, as long as nobody is uh being abused, okay? I don't Emotionally, care. physically or financially. Okay. I don't care. Here's what I'm trying to figure out, though, Amon, is that, like, okay, if they saying that they are put together for this, who can I call to put me together with somebody? Because, you know, I, you know, <laughs> listen, I, I need to I need to reclaim my image, too. So can you make that phone call for me and, you know, put me up with somebody? I, listen, I, I I'll mean, take a... Harvey got, I mean, Lori got the hookup. I mean, she, okay. she knows somebody because she's always popping up. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I second that. And even if it was, even if it was a relationship for image... I mean, like who? half of y'all in relationship for image now. Exactly, and who? I don't. I really don't think it's really helping anybody. Like Lori has proven time and time again that even if this don't work out, that she can go somewhere else. Okay, 
And okay. Michael B. Jordan, like, like I said, people are watching his shit anyway, so I don't get it. I don't, I don't like relationship out of convenience for who? It's for the who? internet. It be the internet for me, child. They just have a problem with every and anything. But I be here for the comments, though. I not even gonna lie. Okay, <laughs> I just anytime I see a post of them or any of the blog sites, I just click right to the comments and I just crack the hell up because it's so funny <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i'm definitely here for the comments as well they've been it's they've been quite quite the joke on on twitter for like the past two weeks and it's been lovely um <laughs> i'm i'm here for it, turtle <laughs> but this will conclude our first installment of the casual tea with aman and b on our pop culture so please comment you know tweet us dm right on the t- instagram let us know what you think and um yeah we'll be back in two weeks with some more casual tea but in the meantime if you got some topics that you want us to talk about write it on the twitter write it on the instagram i'll post an instagram post and a twitter post saying hey uh the next time Time we're about to record to get some topics so that we can talk about what you guys want to hear us talk about. But before you go, Amon, let the people know what's popping with you and Drag Race over there. What's what's the tea? What's going on? When's come out? Where they can follow you? And when's the next episode? Let us know. Yes. So Drag Race is back in full effect. We are on season thirteen. Yes, it is. Um, we had just recorded. Um, no, we are about to record today, actually, after I hop off with you. Oh. Um, the commentary for episode five. So you can, of course, follow that at Rob has a podcast. Um, you can also follow me individually. I'm at Amon Adwin on Twitter and on Instagram and on Twitch. I'm oh. getting into the streaming game. So oh. hit me up on there. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, and yeah, that's that's about it for me so far. Just uh, just drag race and. Uh... <laughs> oh, chop. Whitney just came on out of nowhere. You know what? Mm, 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 I want to dance with somebody. I want to feel the heat with somebody. Bitch, yeah. you always try to take it up higher than me when you know I'm an alto. All right, I'm going to go before I have to punch a mind and get some tea in my throat so I can hit a soprano. It's the casual tea <laughs> with a mind and B. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And keeping the menu rolling, we are back this week with episode three of Chronicle Sun Recap. And this was another good episode, so I'm happy to break it down for you. If you don't know, Chronicle Sun is a show that comes on Fox at 9 p.m. on Monday nights. 
Prodigal Son is a show that really follows the main character named Malcolm Bright, but his real name is Malcolm Whitley. He is a profiler for the NYPD. His father is a serial killer, the surgeon, but on this podcast, we call him Daddy. So this episode kind of picks right back up. There is a killing at Remington Academy. It's a boarding school, and we learn Throughout the episode that that is the boarding school that Malcolm went to. Go figure. Malcolm don't really want nothing to do with this case. Normally, anytime Malcolm gets a case, he is ecstatic. Did I say that right? Ecstatic? Static? Or just excited for a case. Um, When Lieutenant Aroy tells Malcolm that they got a case at Remington Academy, Malcolm tremors. Now, we know from following since last season that when Malcolm gets tremors, he is anxious about something or nervous or, you know, he is thinking of something that has happened in his past. Last season, it was all about the girl in the red box. This season, it is about the killing of last season that his sister killed somebody, but then he dismembered the body to hide it that his daddy helped him. So when we find out that they go into Remington Academy... You know, we like, why is Malcolm getting the tremors? Now, the episode starts off with his daddy um, in prison. Well, not prison because, you know, he in that psych hospital slash prison. We know from last episode that the daddy, he is trying to escape because he feels like Malcolm needs him. Now that Malcolm is kind of more in tune with being a killer. When Malcolm and Lieutenant Avroy arrive to Remington Academy, they discover that Headmaster Broombeck was killed. Now, when they find out who it was, Malcolm gets this tremor, and we get a new flashback from Malcolm. It seems that this flashback is from when Malcolm was a baby boy at Remington Academy, and he's got blood on his face. Now, I'm like, now what's going on here, Malcolm? You got some explaining to do, because you're not supposed to be no killer, okay? Now, why are we flashing back to when you were in high school and you got blood on your face? So, they find out that the headmaster was killed and Malcolm's like, yeah, no one at the school liked him. He was the disciplinary and it's not a surprise. And so, Lieutenant Aroy is like, well, we need to check the faculty. And Malcolm's like, sure, you don't need to check the faculty. You need to check the students. So, they find out that they want to keep this investigation private. And so, Lieutenant Aroy is like, why? The acting headmaster is now Professor Delaney, who remembers Malcolm. And, you know, Malcolm doing his old weird stuff looking around. And Lieutenant Aroy's like, don't mind him. And Professor Delaney is like, oh, trust me, I know Malcolm's mind. Do your thing. But Lieutenant Aroy is like, why do y'all want to keep this private? Then all of a sudden, the vice chairwoman of the school board appears. And guess who the hell it is? It is none other than Malcolm's mom, Jessica Whitley, my girl. So we learn that this is the school that Malcolm went to. Um, His mom wanted him to go to the school because essentially her family built the school. Now, it was real awkward because it's Malcolm, Lieutenant Aroy, and Jessica. Now, we know the last time Jessica and Lieutenant Aroy was around each other, Jessica was like, I can't be with you. My family is crazy. And I just, you know, I don't want to mess you up. And so Lieutenant Aroy got a little attitude and Jessica Whitley is like, what's wrong? And he's like, the last time I seen you, you told me to get lost. And Jessica put him in his place. She said, baby, that was personal. This is business. I'm sure you could separate the two. And I, ooh, okay. Now, meanwhile, while all this is going on at Remington Academy, Malcolm's daddy is up in the chapel with 
fire Pete the priest. And he is in church while they praising Hallelujah. Okay. You know, Malcolm daddy trying to get on out. So after the service is over, the daddy goes to fire Pete and he's like, I don't, what, what, how, how am I supposed to get out of here? And so fire Pete is like, you need to go see good old brother Daryl. He'll help you. So back to Remington Academy. Um, then, you know, my girl Danny, the other detective is letting Lieutenant Aroy and Malcolm know that JT, you know, the black officer who was discriminated against in the first episode. And, you know, I'm dying to see how that is going to play out because now the other police in the I want to say the precinct, they shading him. And listen, don't make me come up in that TV because y'all, what y'all not going to do is play with the baby boy, JT. So we find out that JT is not in this episode because his wife is supposed to be giving birth to a baby like five days ago. So he's texting Danny all crazy. Like, I'm about to go crazy if my wife doesn't have this baby. So they go to the crime scene of this episode, which is where the headmaster Brombeck was killed. So they killed him in the pool area and they put all of his like essentially his whole office is underwater and he is laying by the pool now you know the medical examiner adresa who is in love with michael and she really should be freaking weak okay she's just crazy in love everything about dead people that's why her and malcolm get along she explains to us that he was not drowned even though he was found in the pool he was killed before he was dumped in the pool they don't know what killed him just yet and so malcolm as they're standing by the pool has a flashback and it's a flashback of him visiting his daddy in the hospital not child must say the hospital in the psychiatric jail and this is when Malcolm is a teenager and Malcolm is explaining to his dad that he's going to Remington Academy the dad doesn't want him to go and also Malcolm reveals to his dad at this time in this flashback that he is no longer going to be going by Malcolm Whitley because his dad was the surgeon killer and it's national headline and so Malcolm explains to him that he's going by Malcolm Bright and the dad is really not happy about that so as Malcolm is doing his investigation and he has this flashback and he has another flashback okay baby boy just having flashbacks he needs some melatonin and he just needs to just sleep okay because you have too many flashbacks and tremors baby boy so when he's talking with Danny by the pool um he remembers that he when he went to Remington Academy that he was expelled from this flashback now we don't know what the hell happened in the flashback all we see is blood on his face now Malcolm you got some explaining to do you trying to fight this killer in you since season one let me find out you was killing people at Remington Academy so Malcolm has another flashback where he is in the headmaster's office and it looks like he's getting expelled and he's writing his name down in a little black book and so Malcolm is like oh he comes out of his tremor and you know he always having these crazy tremors around Danny and he's like the black book we need to find the black book so baby you know Malcolm he didn't dive into the pool all his clothes on baby first of all I would have took my sneakers off I would have took my pants off I would have been in my little undies and dove in like a dove so he gets the black book and they know that there are three kids that were expelled or I guess you don't necessarily have to be expelled to be in the black book but what the headmaster Broomback would do is if you did an expellable ex- uh, a- <laughs> let's work through this if you did an expellable offense no that's not what I want to say if you did an expellable offense 
then you will go in the black book. So there are three names in this black book. There is the stoner girl, the jock, and Miss Perfect. Now, I don't remember the stoner girl name. I know that the jock name was Ashton and the perfect girl's name was Alyssa and they all act like they don't know who they they act like they don't know each other so Malcolm come in all wet they like why are you dripping Okay, like and Malcolm's like, I had to go in the pool to get the black book. Y'all know about the black book. And Aston is like, that's a myth. And Malcolm like, no, it's not. If it's a myth, why all three of your names is up on here? And so they basically are just saying they don't believe it's true. It didn't, you know, they don't know each other. They don't know why they were in the black book. Now, the stoner says it's because she's smokes the, the marijuana. That's why she in a black book. Now, Ashton, the jock says he's in there because he got two girlfriends and they was fighting over him. I don't really remember what the perfect girl said that she was in there for. So after they do all of that, Adresa, the medical examiner, they're getting the body out of the school. You know, as they are removing the body from the school, they walk past the physics room. Now, you know, I told you Adresa loved dead bodies, anything science. So she sees the physics room and she's like, oh my God, is that a 365-76 magnifying glass? And so she in all her glory. And so she's just looking around the room and she sees a refrigerator uh, that says physics. And so she opens it and it's a bottle of water. And she's just like, oh my God. Now these three kids that said they didn't know each other the stoner the jock and miss perfect they come up in the room now here is the thing i'm getting ready to fight on this episode because they surround adresa now you know adresa is my girl too and they're like you're not in the physics club and they go boom and they punch her in the stomach and then we go to commercial you know bryce love the kids and you know i'm a social worker but baby if i was adresa and they circled me like that and punching me in my stomach baby you call barb and get the bail money because baby boy going i'm be fighting some t i'm be fighting some high school students so anyway they get back to the office and malcolm is just like he doesn't believe that the kids don't not know each other y'all get that don't not know each other or he doesn't believe that they don't know each other because he says when he said the black book okay he said they all kind of looked at each other you know giving it away and so Adresa is explaining like, yeah, it's those three kids. So Adresa hands Malcolm the water bottle. And as Malcolm is looking at the water bottle, he kind of peels back the label and sees that there are like answers to test on the water bottle. So he was like, they must be running a cheating ring. And so now this gives them motive. Now Malcolm is thinking that the headmaster found out that they was doing the cheating ring. So now he's like, okay, now I am more thinking that it's one of them. So Malcolm is like, we need to question them. Lieutenant Aroy is like, we need to be careful. Okay, they're going to Remington Academy. Their family has money. Malcolm suspects that it possibly could be Elisa. Now, they don't want to call her in because if they call her in, her daddy is going to get an expensive lawyer. Now, Malcolm's like, well, guess what? I happen to know a vice chairwoman who would love to talk to her. So the next scene, we see Malcolm's mom talking to Elisa in her house. And basically, like, Elisa, what's going on? Elisa's like, I don't know anything. So then Jessica's like girl I know about the cheating ring and so Elisa's like what and Jessica's like so what's the tea girl so then Elisa says he's making us do it he's making us do it and then the next scene we see that Malcolm is calling Danny like we need to get out in that's the jock so now we like what's the jock oh we want to know what's the jock now in the middle of all of this guess who has another flashback 
baby boy Malcolm. So we have a flashback of Malcolm when he's at Remington Academy. He is getting ready to go home for the weekend and another student comes up to him and he's like, I know who you are. And Malcolm's like, huh? He's like, you're not Malcolm Bright. You're Malcolm Whitley. And then he's like, you ain't going home for the weekend. And he locks Malcolm in this janitor closet. Now we know Malcolm was in the janitor closet for three weeks. So outside of Malcolm having this flashback, they are looking for Alton in the school. And all of a sudden they hear a helicopter. And Malcolm's like, did you, who ordered a helicopter? So they run out there. Danny, the detective Danny is out there. And guess who it is getting to a helicopter is Alton getting into a helicopter. Now what, escaping the police. Now what the hell, How? what type of money? Listen, Alton. Is your daddy single? He got helicopter money? Okay. So now we're thinking like, ooh, it's definitely Alton. Because why would he just order a helicopter? First of all, I didn't know you could order a helicopter like Uber. Okay. The way my credit card is set up, baby, all I could get is Uber and not even Uber luxury. So making Alton look more suspicious. Why are you flying away in a helicopter? So Malcolm goes back to the school to meet with Professor Delaney again. Now, if y'all remember the Netflix show You and the Killer, how... The killer would kill those people in that book chamber that keeps the pressure of the books for the old books. Well, baby, that's where Professor Delaney is at. Okay. So Malcolm goes to meet with Professor Delaney and Malcolm essentially wants to meet with him because after this flashback of this kid locking Malcolm in a closet for three days and because the kid knew that he was Malcolm Whitley, Malcolm goes to Professor Delaney and it's like, did Headmaster Bronston tell the kids who I was and that's why he didn't like me? And so Professor Delaney is like, I mean, I don't think that would be something that he would do, but I don't know. So Malcolm goes to see his daddy in the jail. Now, all the meanwhile, his daddy up in jail trying to get out of jail. So while he was at the priest with Fire Joe and when he was meeting with Brother Daryl, they are trying to collect these key cards from each guard um, so that he can literally like get out of jail. So Brother Daryl has two and they're like, we need a red card. So uh, the daddy knows that his personal guard that watches his door has a red card. So they're trying to like get this scheme where Brother Daryl has like these shanks and we know what shanks are. If you listen to the podcast from watching 60 Days In, okay, um, he's got a shank and he's like, I can give you this if you can get it. So just keep that in the back of your mind. So Malcolm goes to meet with his daddy and is now suspecting that his dad was the one that called the school and told them that he's not really Malcolm Bright, but Malcolm Whitley. And his dad is like, I didn't do it, my boy. I wouldn't do it. So they they have this long conversation and Malcolm's dad is like, well, maybe it's just your anxiety from, you know, our, 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 he don't want to say it's the killing because the guard in there, but he's like, you know, our adventure together. Now, also, while Malcolm is meeting with his daddy, he gets new information from our girl Adresa that uh, headmaster Brumbeck was killed before he was dumped into the pool which we knew that but now we know that he was killed with some type of chemical so when he learns that information and he's talking to his daddy his daddy is like that type of chemical is used for preserving books so Malcolm's like preserving books baby he just was whipped Professor Delaney in the book chamber. So now you know Malcolm Child and you know Malcolm. He ain't gonna call nobody's backup. He just gonna go back up to the school. Now, while Malcolm is meeting with Professor Delaney and he's like you lied to me and I know that it was you. And Professor Delaney's like I did not kill the headmaster. Now Professor Delaney confesses to running the 
cheating scam with the water bottles. And Malcolm's like, well, why would you do that? He's like, these kids with these rich parents and they think going to a border school is going to get them a better life and education. He's like, well, why can't I get my piece of the pie? Now, mind you, while Malcolm is talking to Professor Delaney in the actual chamber, I know Malcolm must have seen the Netflix series You. If you all go back and you feel like Professor Delaney is the killer, why are you going to go back and meet him in the chamber? I would say, Professor Delaney, come out the chamber. I think I found who did it. Okay. I would lure him out. Anyway, Danny is hot on the trail of Aston. So they get to Aston's million dollar home. You know, Aston is the jock who Alyssa told Malcolm's mom that it's him. So they're at his house and, you know, the police storm in with their guns up. And he's like, what are you guys doing here? He's They're like, we want to talk to you about the killing. He's like, I didn't do it. And so then the stoner girl comes out and we like, ooh, thought you didn't know each other. So she's like, he definitely didn't do it. We had to leave the campus out of fear of... And of course, you know, they're going to cut to commercial. So when we come back from commercial, Malcolm is back in the chamber with Professor Delaney. And so Professor Delaney is real creepy, but Professor Delaney is essentially saying like it was not him. Okay. And all of a sudden, Professor Delaney start acting like he about to have a heart attack. And he like, Argh. now, first of all, if I'm Malcolm, I ain't believing it. Even if you're having a heart attack, baby, I'm going to kick you and put you in handcuffs. Okay. And we're going to get out the chamber. So, Professor Delaney is having a heart attack, stroke, I don't know. And then Malcolm's like, are you okay? And he's like, the sandwich. She made the sandwich. And so we like, who is she? So Malcolm turns around. First of all, another thing I would have did if I was Malcolm. The second Delaney would have started having a heart attack or stroke or whatever he doing, I would have stepped my butt one out of the chamber and call for help. So Malcolm stays in the chamber. He turns around and the door slams on him. And guess who it is? It's girl Alyssa. And Alyssa essentially confesses and she's just like, people think that I'm perfect and, you know, that I don't have anything to lose. And so Malcolm kind of sort of figures out that she actually is doing this and being a part of the cheating scheme because she wants to get away from her family and the family legacy. And so basically she locked Malcolm in there and just walk away. Um, And Malcolm's like, I know what it's like to the kill. And so, baby, we get the backstory about Malcolm being in the closet. So the kid that locked Malcolm in the closet after Malcolm got out, baby, Malcolm saw him in school and pulled up on him and went pop, 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 boop, punched him in the stomach. The boy started having an asthma attack. Now, we're like, why is Malcolm telling her this story? So he's like, you know, he had an asthma attack. That's where Malcolm got the blood from. And the boy was looking for his inhaler. Malcolm had the inhaler. How you get the inhaler? I don't know. So then he handed him the inhaler. The inhaler wasn't working. Malcolm dumped all the air out. And so the girl's just like, you do know what it's like. And so I guess she's kind of maybe a little more empathy for Malcolm. Like, maybe we both are killings. First of all, somebody need to investigate this school. Why are all these people killing up in the school? Somebody need to call the popo. So anyway, as Malcolm is telling her the story... He then, so we thinking like, oh, child, Malcolm then killed somebody when he was in high school. Then the story progresses that Malcolm had to change a heart and went and ran to go get help. So the girl's like, you saved him? Why am I even wasting my time with you? So mind you, Malcolm told her this story because he locked up in the chamber. And when she came in, he noticed, I don't know what it was, something like a, I don't even know, some type of a device that he turned on that heats up. And so he was like, I actually just told you the story to waste time so this device could heat up. And so he puts it towards a book and the book starts catching on fire and she's like you're really gonna burn something in there and Malcolm's like well it must have a 
smoke detector and obviously if this is that locked chamber if any type of smoke it's going to depressurize or something so he lights it holds it up by the smoke detector the alarm goes off so the girl like okay i'm out do, do, do. so she running out she gets outside and boom boom lieutenant a roy pull up like Alyssa, we need to chat and the fire alarm is going off and she's like it's just a class prank i just pulled the fire alarm anyway they lock her behind up and then malcolm is back at the police station and lieutenant a roy is cussing him the hell out like why would you light a fire in a locked chamber where you could die and malcolm's like i i, I don't know so back to Malcolm Daddy. So Malcolm Daddy is meeting with Brother Daryl, and Brother Daryl gives him a shank to essentially kill his security guard. However, Michael Daddy is like, This, I don't know if you've ever killed somebody or dismember somebody, but he was like, I need the other shank. Brother Daryl is like, I'm not giving you the other shank. And so Malcolm's dad, Daddy, is basically threatening Daryl, like, Well, you do know that I could use this on you, and your some type of artery is available. And so Brother Daryl is like, I'm still not giving it to you. So right as that, at that moment, a uh, fire past the peak. <laughs> First of all, what type of name is that? Could you imagine going to a church and your pastor is named Fire Pastor Pete? Baby, I'm going to need you to go find a new chapel. Anyway, at that moment, Fire Pastor Pete finished up the sermon and Malcolm's daddy jumped down on the ground, slid the shank under Brother Daryl's chair and was like, he's got a weapon. And so it caused all this commotion and they locked up brother daryl again and so but malcolm daddy was on the wall so then the next scene we see malcolm going to see his dad and malcolm tells his dad that he's sorry that he found out that the dad he really didn't call the school to tell them that he's really malcolm whitley and so the daddy's like i would never hurt you my boy and malcolm's like yeah but i'm not anything like you and the dad's like oh but you are oh but you are and so malcolm leaves the jail and then the episode ends with the dad basically being more fired up that he needs to be out there and being with his son now i don't understand why he feel like he need to be out there because he's been up in jail for like 20 years and malcolm coming to see him but baby as the episode ends malcolm's dad opens the bible and he got the three key cards so when he must have threw the shank for brother daryl and his security guard um put the daddy up against the wall he must have snatched his key card okay so baby i don't know next episode the daddy might be getting out trying to tell y'all Chronicle Sun is so good I just I love it it gives me excitement for Monday nights so make sure you guys tune in to the episode on Monday nights and I'll be back next week to give you a recap the daddy and keeping the menu rolling I'm so excited because y'all know I've been following well first of all you know I played in Sequester Mini and Baby Boy slayed the game okay for a third boot of Survivor but seriously I don't know if you guys have been keeping up with Sequester Season 4 like I have and I just finished the finale so I said you know what let me throw this baby boy a bone. You might know him from Sequester Season 4. You might know him from RHAP Class of 2020. Let's welcome to the podcast to pop his podcast, Cherry. Okay, he did an intro, but we're formally welcoming him to the podcast. Would it do? Jacob Jazones was popping. Hey, what is go? Oh, I like the sound of the the popping the cherry. I like that. Oh, uh, see here, you, you are so annoying. I like you, that. Jacob Purple Pants Posse has been campaign campaigning to be mm-hmm. freak of the week, but I, I keep trying to tell him. 
baby boy, it, it's 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 not you. Sorry, like you know. Um, I want everyone to know that I sent Bryce a private message of my silhouette challenge. If any of you TikTok or people are familiar with TikTok, you know the silhouette challenge. And please and tell thought- them. Please tell them what my response was, okay? Trash! Basically, but I don't think he understands the genius that my body is art. And I gave Uh, very much video vixen, video... um, It it was given very much so abstract art, okay? (laughs) Don't we love it? Don't we love it? (laughs) But anyway, welcome to the podcast, Jacob. I'm so excited to have you. One, I just wanted to say that I appreciate your support so much. Um, Jacob... Always shows me love, always just so much, and I, I'm just so grateful for it, and I appreciate it. So I just want to start that off because you know I'm really big on giving people their flowers while they're here. So I just want to say I appreciate that, and I uh, uh, look forward to our blossoming friendship. Yes, I am too. And Bryce, you're so easy to celebrate because I, I oftentimes I'm not comparing you to this person, but I think you have a lot of their characteristics and showmanship. Um, and that would be Wendy Williams. Oh. And it's only a certain, you know, people that can do what you do and emphasize words that typically aren't emphasized, but it brings the point, you know, together closer. And I think you have that appeal to yourself. And so it's super easy to give you your flowers. You're so talented and oh. it's a super joy to hear your voice and um, every week. So. How you doing? Okay. How you doing? <laughs> yes, but anyway, enough of the mushy gushy. I'm excited because I just finished watching the Sequester season four finale. Ooh. And this season was so good. So I was like, you know what, Jacob, you got to come on. I got to ask you some questions. So mm. I didn't got a couple of ready because I was like, ooh, I got the baby boy. So here's my first one is who is someone from your season that you think was underrated or didn't have the full extent of their game shown? And is there anyone who you feel like was overrated and got too much credit? Aha! So <laughs> the person I feel as though was under credit, um, it has to be my baby girl, Natalie. Mm. Um, I like. I feel like at the beginning, people didn't really care about her opinions in the game or she really couldn't do anything that much but as Natalie continues in this game she completely I feel like um, gets her flowers and you know takes control in a lot of sense of this game and also an honorable mention with that category would be um, um, Josh Josh I like watching the game he's played I didn't I didn't think any I didn't think he was really doing that much while in the house but watching it all edit together and like seeing what he's doing I'm thoroughly impressed by that wow yeah, he's like a complete ginger under the radar um, person, and he gives. I'm very entertained and very impressed by him. The overrated. Ah! <laughs> um, the overrated person. I don't think we have many overrated people our season, but if I do have to reach into that bag, oh. um, I would say it had to be the person that. Uh, that tried to not get me to drag them into oh. a battle match by saying that they're playing the best game and everyone else isn't playing the, really a game that's comparable to them. Oh. Um, and so I think if you watch the season, you can put two and two together. Is that but a subtweet? Are you? Is that a subtweet? Oh, basically, are, I love I love subtweeting. Oh, oh, so it's my you're not going to add the person. Oh, okay. No, I would never. I would never. Mm, interesting. <laughs> well, since the show finished filming, who would you say you've maintained the best relationship with? And is there anyone? that you aren't especially fond of? Um, so me and Brendan talk hey! every 
Hey, that's every every single day. Hey, that's my baby boy. Like we we literally talk every day. Um, and so that's something that I didn't expect doing, but like, I freaking love that kid. Um, and I actually have good relationships with everyone on the cast, except, Muna. um, Muna oh. dude. Yeah. Except Muna due to things that happen in the game and I get feelings, get involved. Um, but yeah, I have not spoken to her, um, since we left and I, I think our relationship is, you know, where it should be. And so, oh. um, yeah, and so meaning that like you know she's doing her thing. I think she's overseas and like somewhere doing poetry, and I'm here. And you know I think we're good in our own perspective lanes. And so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what were some of your favorite behind the scene moments that weren't shown? Oh, this was I think like day zero. <laughs> um, and so I it was when I was dressed in the long sleeve rustic orange look. But my when I came moved into the house, and I we like it was a pause period, so I laid down with the blanket, and the blanket got lint all over me, and they didn't have a lint roller, and so Shireen and Katie got duct tape and was duct taping my whole body to get all the lint off, and so it was literally like in the crevices oh. and the and, and you know what I mean they you know they got they dug deep and um, retrieved all the lint, and so I think that's one of the one of my favorite moments, and I think when I got kicked out when I when I lost. I was I was like all I need is a hot shower and a bed to myself and I got that oh. and so and I didn't wake up till like one p.m. and so that was another great moment for me. So that is your be your favorite behind the scenes moment is that when you got kicked off you got to sleep till one p.m. Oh yes 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 yes. Furthermore, why you could never be freak of the week. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, but here's a good one. Come, no, wait, 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 wait. I didn't rise up till one, but something else rose up. Till okay, like, we're no, here. Let me not. Yeah, let, let, let me not listen, because it's it's always <laughs> the ones with the littlest that have the most to say. But anyway, coming into the season, you were really. Expected, or I would just say you were generally seen as one of the favorites due to your performances in the sequester minis and your general connection to a lot of people in the house. Um, how much of an advantage do you think that actually gave you? Do you feel like being so well connected was ever a disadvantage for you? Um, I think it played, I think it worked for me in a lot of ways. Um, I think coming in with the target that I did. Josh even you know the first episode Josh and Jay West went into the battle mm-hmm. and Josh tells me that if I was in eligible to be picked he would have chosen me and I would have lost that puzzle so I could have been a first boot oh. easily because he said he just wants to go after like a big person in the in the game and, and so I think if the way that you know the different twists and things that they didn't work out for me I think I would have been screwed a lot earlier than I was um but I have relationships coming in and I played the game and I, you know, put those relationships in the game and child, did I, child, I don't know if it helped me or hindered me. I just know more people were pissed that were my friends coming in um, than people, you know, I didn't know coming in. And so I don't know. You have to take that up with yourself. Oh, well, speaking of battle matches over the course of the season, you won several of the battle matches. Did mm-hmm. you have a particular strategy entering the matches or were you simply outplaying your opponent? Oh, I think with these, with these, the battle matches that I went into, you really couldn't strategize. Like the first one with the kitty litter, it was me and Rachel like Rachel could have easily won that one um, because it was such a crapshoot. And then the second one with the center blocks. I mean, I got to use my uh, long arms and broad shoulders and strong muscles <sighs> to lift and shoot. 
And so um, I think that helped me. And then the last one, it was, you know, true or false. And so it, it was honestly up in the air. No one could really, you know, form a strategy with that. But it's kind of just like, you know, going from the hip. And if you do it, you do it. If you don't, you don't. And I get it's So it's a chance thing. It's 50-50. And so no strategy involved. I just gave it the best shot I could. Yeah. Now, throughout the season, especially every person to leave wasn't eliminated in the vote, but rather got dragged into the battle match and lost. Do you feel like it was pretty coincidental or was there something that caused this major discrepancy? And should this or and do go ahead? Oh, no, I want to you you can finish. Oh, no, I was going to say. And like, should this pattern influence the way future players approach the game? Uh. I that pattern it it lasted for a very I mean up until the very right end. um and I think it was just because the people voted in I feel like we had much more like <sighs> like I feel effed up by the entire house mm. and so I feel like we had more aggression and like that sense to get back in rather than you just being pulled and one person just being pissed at you um but I think it's honestly just a, it's coincidence that that happened uh, I don't think the production or the players thought oh you know this will happen in this season but I think I don't think that should you know go into play in future seasons just because the battle matches are equal opportunity anyone can win and the people that were just cho- you know eliminated by votes won most of them all of them honestly um and so it's not really I don't know it's not really a it's a coincidence and I don't think people really should take that in, in consideration going I mean I feel like like they should and they shouldn't. I feel like you should still go in and like play your best, but also knowing this information, you might want to pick and choose a little carefully. I don't know. I just feel like I, I feel like there is something to be learned from that because it is co- it, it is a coincidence. But bitch, the coincidence happened more than twice. So I the coincidence, but the, but so so say, so say this, say this, say I chose um, in the center block one with me and Muna. Say I mean with me and Marcelo. Say I chose Spencer. Spencer is probably more physical physically fit than I am, but I chose Marcelo. Not really. I didn't really know what the competition was at that time, and Spencer could have easily beat me. And so I literally think it's a thing of chance, and it's. I think you go in there and choose whoever you want to choose. Just be able to back it up when you oh. get there. And period. And um, and so, yeah, I just I don't think that it should be really in consideration because it's like I'm going into this thing, this competition, not knowing what the hell it is, not knowing what the other person's strength is. And I could easily be, you know, effed up or effed over. And so, I, I mean, I, I don't again, I just think it's something that you should keep in the back of your mind. I don't think that you should. I don't know. I just feel like you the more, you know, the better your chances are. But the more, you know, the more, more, you know. <laughs> okay, I don't even know what that sound was, and I'm not even going to ask. But this is the question I've been dying to ask: Was one yes. of the biggest moments of the season was your portrayal of Muna, who, who was someone you had a relationship with entering the game? Mm-hmm. What motivated you to backstab her? Do you think? Do you? <laughs> what kind of question I, is I, that? It's a question that the the people, the purple pants posse, wants to know. What motivated you to backstab her? Do you think she overreacted, and do you regret the move? Um. So, what motivated me to backstab? What motivated me to play the game as hard as I did? <laughs> um, <laughs> um. I knew Muna was a big one of one of my biggest competitions going into the game, and around like date around like date night, 
it's super hard to make a big move because you only have one time to talk to one person and you never know if their minds can change. I felt good with the people that were in the game at that point. I had Natalie and I had Marcelo and I felt as though if I talked to them once, I only need that conversation to make something happen. In future rounds, Muna, say I want Muna to leave. Muna could easily grab a Marcelo or a Natalie and convince them to change their mind. And I'm like, I, I don't want to come forth and own it because I, you know, am up front backstabbing current. So the way I did it with Dana, I, I had a plan. I did it way behind the scenes until it kind of blew up in my face at elimination ceremony. Mm. But I just knew Muna was my biggest competition. Blow up in your face, baby, or an atomic bomb. <laughs> oh, that thing, that thing. It didn't even have a warning. I thought ah! it was a and it said, nah, we coming for that ass. Um, but do I think she overreacted? I don't think she overreacted. Um, I I never want to put my emotions on her. I could separate the game um, from our personal relationships. And I know a lot of other people can't do that. Um, or, you know, just don't want to do that. That's not how they process it. But see, this uh, where I see, I feel like no shade to you, but I feel like people uh, that make moves like you've made are always the ones uh, that are like, I can separate personal from game. And I always feel yeah. like it's people like, and I'm going to put myself in Muna's shoes, people like me and Muna who get like screwed over and we be like, nah. This ain't the game. Like, I don't know. So I there is definitely a pattern in people um, that say like things like you just said, like, I mean, I can separate the game. But I also feel like if the roles were reversed, I wonder if you would still say that. Um, well, that's why I also said I can't be mad at her for having the emotions that she did had. And I don't think she was overreacting. Um, <laughs> but if the roles were reversed, <laughs> if the roles were reversed, uh, I don't know what I would, I don't know how I would feel. But I do know in that moment, like, I can't say like, oh, she should not have felt that way because they were valid emotions and she felt hurt and she felt extremely hurt by what I did. Um, and so I don't know if I don't know if you know I would have experienced the same emotion. What was your last question? That it was a did you did you regret the move uh-huh. for the second time? Um, no, I didn't regret the move. I I thought the move was fun. I thought the strategy that I put in up front was a really good strategy if it would have worked. Um, and. I came there to play, and it made the season more interesting. It definitely so. did. And although it blew up in your face like a... Mm-hmm. I don't even know. It, although it blew, <laughs> A wet okay. fart on a Sunday night. Ugh. Although it blew <laughs> up in your face like a baking soda and... I, I, wait, I can't even remember. Wait, what? The, and vinegar. Baking soda and, and, uh, soda and, and vinegar. vinegar. However... Mm-hmm. In order to win big, you got to play big. So mm-hmm. I definitely respected the move of the, because in hindsight, if the move actually worked, you would be a sequester god. I think I still mm-hmm. am, I mean, more like a sequester doorman. But I mean, listen, Oh, that <laughs> either way, you in the building, either way, you in the building. So. Here, would you play sequester again? Um, I I don't know. I don't know if I I don't know if I would. But to your other point, I do want to say this quote that I just found: "Success comes from the risk." Uh, no, Period. I agree. I absolutely, and you got to take risks in life. If not, then what you doing? But I would play with Bryce, though. I would play with you if I would play. So again. my next question, <laughs> me and you, is if I were to play, what advice would you give me? 
I would say to go for like honestly to look at the people who aren't interacting with the majority of people and to really scoop them in because Natalie and Josh were um, kind of you know not really interacted with that much at the beginning of the round and that's why they got thrown into battle matches but I think an aspect of my game that was lacking is I overlooked Josh Mm. in this game and I somewhat overlooked Natalie and so I think having relationships with everyone is always good but knowing the power that like hey I need to really like be invested into the little not quote unquote the little people in this game as well absolutely no I mean that makes a lot of sense so that'll be my biggest well I I I appreciate it if you see your your baby boy on season 5 just know I'm scooping up all the little people, okay? <laughs> Please, and give me credit. Mm, I, mean, mm, I mean, possibly. It's like, no, of course I would, but seriously, Jacob, it's been so much fun. It's been so much fun watching you, so much fun chatting with you on the Purple Pants podcast. Before I let you go, where can the people follow you if they want to see some of your TikToks, if they want to see your Instagram, if they want your Twitter, where can they go to see very average content? <laughs> um, my Can I say my OnlyFans as well or no? I'm joking. Um, Instagram and Twitter are Jacob J underscore Jones. I really don't post on TikTok that much. I just create videos on TikTok and save Ooh. it to my phone. Um, and so I'm not really that active on there. But you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter for all of your spicy content. That raspy voice that sounded like you need to drink some juice before you said that. Ugh. Jacob, I can't stand you. But listen, Purple Pants Posse, if you are curious in seeing Jacob's silhouette challenge that he sent me, please at him and say y'all want to see the silhouette challenge. Yes, yes. At me and I will definitely um, send it to y'all. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Jacob. I'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Bye. And we are back for our first Purple Pants Premonitions of the Year. Welcome back to the podcast, Mr. Gangster Gurry. <laughs> What's poppin'? How are you? Listen, I'm still here. You know, no Tisha Campbell, but I'm still here. And I'm just blessed. Not Tisha Campbell. I'm still here. Okay. Still here. Yeah. I'm I'm here for it. And I am happy to have you on the Purple Pants Premonitions. I just want the Purple Pants Posse to know how grateful I am for our friendship. Because on and off the air, I feel like we really support each other. And in this... I guess I'll call it industry. So many people are not real. So many people are looking for a come up. So many people are just not genuine. And I really feel that with our connection, I really feel that it is genuine. And I really feel that, you know, when you're not well, I reach out. When I'm not doing well, you reach out. And I really just appreciate that. So I just wanted to take the time out to say thank you so much for providing these messages, really for me, but to... (laughs) The Purple Pants Posse, I'm forever appreciative of it. So I just wanted to start the premonitions off by saying thank you. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Bryce. Like, for real, for real. Like, I don't, the, the girls don't know out there, but let me tell the girls. Like, this month has been quite a difficult month. It's been 
just a really, really stressful start to the year, very overwhelming. And I cannot explain to you how much your grace, your compassion, and just like you reaching out to be like, listen, sis, like, please take care of yourself. Like, please know that everything is going to be here no matter when you pop back up. Like, you are the priority. And I really have struggled to like have people in my life like remind me that I am the priority and like what it means to actually like take care of myself and just like love on myself. And you always remind me of that. And the thing about it is we always get to connect on a very like deep spiritual, like we see each other level. And I appreciate you reaching out to me and just like allowing me to be a part of your family. Like we have become family over, what is it like? Almost two years at this point, child, which is crazy. Okay, purr. Purr, okay? And listen, it's a blessing to be able to connect with your community, connect with the Purple Pants Posse. And I'm grateful to be back um, stepping into this new month of February because let me just tell you, like, I don't know what January was like for you in its entirety. I wanted to really, like, there were moments where I wanted to say, like, this month was one of the worst months of my life. But then I was also just like, you don't want to use that language because it really wasn't one of the worst months of your life. It was challenging. There were a lot of things that were happening, a lot of, like, things happening in the world, a lot of things happening personally that really just like took, you know, some of our attention and it allowed us to figure out where we're going, what direction we want to head for the rest of the year. Um, And especially as we kind of like get out of January and go into February, all I keep thinking about is, you know, we just passed through this past little full moon in Leo. Full moon in Leo transited on January 28th. So that was this past Thursday. And I believe it was at like nine degrees or something like that. So I feel like this is all about us kind of like having our coming out party. Like I see it as the coming out. Okay. I want the world world to know. Okay. Listen, I'm about to let it show. Like, and I'm in this space where it's like, I have to remind myself that I'm the only person getting in my own way. You know what I mean? I'm the only person that is creating some of these narratives like, Mm. oh, you're too overweight. Like, oh, your skin is too bad. Like, oh, like you have to do this in order to be seen as somebody who is qualified. You know what I'm saying? Like, and putting a lot of these external pressures um, on myself. And it's just like, no, like we're getting back to realizing that we are special how we are um, in ourselves. And I feel like February is the month of really just like loving on us and showing that love in whatever way we are supposed to. So I want to go ahead and get into the message for today. want to keep it very short, very simple. Um, This is coming from the Sacred Power Reading Cards deck. It is transformative guidance for your life journey. Um, And the two cards that come out today are the Animal Kingdom and Davos. So stepping into the month of February, this is a time for us to recognize how much more we are connected with things outside of ourselves and recognizing that like, you know, when we have, some people have pets, right? And you talk to your pet, you love on your pet and stuff like that. And your pet brings you some sense of joy. Like that's why you have it. That's why you're around it. So like keeping in mind that we are able to transform and bring in the energy of the, you know, animal kingdom of the universe of the things around us, like the things that are outside of us in order to really establish who we are. So I want you to think about some of the things that are outside of you that could bring you a little bit of peace and a little bit of abundance, a little bit of joy throughout the rest of this month. So the animal kingdom, it says, keep it simple and stay focused. Listen to your instincts. So in the month of February, how are you allowing yourself to keep it simple? You don't have to make things very convoluted, very complex. You just have to go with what your gut is saying, your animalistic instincts. So I want you to think about some of the things that you have been wanting to kind of like leap out find inspiration. And I had a wonderful um, session last night, uh, like a full moon session that I attended um, from a wonderful practitioner, um, Liana Naima. And it was all about how we can use our inspiration right now, like knowing that there are things outside of us that have been trying to just like get our attention. 
and get our excitement. And that excitement is our inspiration in this moment. It says, while we witness the wonder of the animal kingdom, we become still and present with the natural cycle of life. Animals are loving, brave, and fierce and live by their instincts. They have their own medicine and share its properties with us when we connect to them in spirit. The animal kingdom is encouraging you to follow your own path. Remember, animals, they know how to rest. They know how to hunt. They have those instincts on how to survive properly. So it's about you figuring out in this moment, what do you need in order to survive on your own personal instincts and move through the month of February knowing that you are doing exactly what you need to be doing. There may be some things that you've been feeling like you need to let go of. I know I've been having to think about people, things, you know, I felt like I stepped into 2021 and I was like, I have a lot of things on my plate and all these things don't resonate with me the same way that they did last year. Like I don't feel the necessity, the need to show up in the way that I was showing up because it doesn't align to the direction I'm going. what do I need to release in this time? What do you need to let go of? Living in the present gives us more time during our day because we are not consumed by fears of the future or the past. Resetting you to your natural state of being, spending time with animals will ground your energy into the present. Getting back to your primal instincts encourages confidence mm. and surety with others as you know where you stand as an individual. Simplicity is called for right now. Take a step away from material endeavors. Go back to the basics and bare essentials for clarity and peace of mind. Please rest. Remember, rest is work. And sometimes we forget that taking a step back, you know what I'm saying? When our body is like, yo, baby, it's time for you to lay down because you got a headache. Yo, your stomach is turning and you out here trying to go to work and be on this computer right now. Like you are playing yourself. Like you need to sit and relax and take a moment to take a step back. And I feel like that's what this month of January kind of like represented for me. Like, what do I need to just like, you know, not really put my time and energy into. Like I had to take a little social media detox. Like I'm not on, you know, my text message inbox is ugly right now. Like I have so many messages, emails to respond to. I just haven't had it, but the time and is that, coming. And that phone is definitely on. Do not disturb. Okay. Okay. Oh, listen, <laughs> listen. Because I tried to call. It went straight to the voicemail. <laughs> okay. Listen, because I was in my own vibe, in my own bag. And you know what I'm saying? Like I had to be focused on myself. And then I was like, hey, Blue Stars, in this, in this little meeting, what's tea? You know what I'm saying? I'll get back to you. It may not be immediate, but I'm getting back to you right on time. Okay. But how do you allow yourself to stay focused and stay balanced this month? And then with the Davis card, it's all about mastering your own energy and taking appropriate action. So this is a moment where you are keeping in mind, you know, you are an intelligent being. You are naturally sensitive to things around you and also being aware of your own intuition, your own instinct. Mastering your own energy is something that we all have an opportunity to do. We've learned in this time of COVID, like thinking about the times of the month where you feel a little outside of yourself, thinking about what days of the week you feel most connected to yourself. Like what day of the week were you born on? I like to do born day fasting. So like I was born on Friday. So I like to fast from like sun up to sundown. It's said to be really good to like regenerate your spirit for the upcoming week. So things uh, that are related to you knowing yourself, taking care of yourself and what is specially, you know, for you is really encouraged. Connect to all of the devas. The devas are going to represent the highly evolved nature spirit. So this is all about getting connected to things outside of you in the physical sense and being able to listen to the universe. What is it encouraging you to do? What is it encouraging you to master? What are you reacting to? What issues, what events have been bothering you? And what do you need to kind of like separate yourself from to gain greater insight into your own being? And this is always a reminder that if you don't know what the hell to do, you can go ask the universe and it will give you an answer. It may not come when you need it, but it's always going to come what? Right on time. On time. 
Okay, listen. So I want you to think about how you are creating a happy relationship with yourself, with the universe, with the animal kingdom, with your instincts and recognizing it like, you know, you can play these instincts. Your intuition is a game. And it's like, oh, let's see if this was the right answer. Bing. And then you get to see if everything pops off the way that you want. So I want you to stay connected to your energy. Stay connected to yourself. Know that if you've had a trying month, a trying time, listen, it was just so that way you could figure out where your direction was headed for the rest of 2021. Don't give up, you know, don't give up on people around you either and know that this is just a moment of your own personal ascension your own personal growth you just knowing who you are and what you came here to do okay yes here for it yes amen so listen all i can encourage you guys to do out there in the uh purple pants posse is just stay focused there's so many things that are going to be coming your way you don't even know yet like i'm talking to y'all and i could uh be on a trip somewhere well actually no trip right now because you know okay. what I'm, I'm trying to stay safe okay listen but i could be t- somebody could send me an email today and be like listen we want to have you interview for this and i'd be like ah and it could change my life you literally never know what could happen but keep it simple and stay focused on the things that bring you joy bring you energy keep that fire stoked on inside of you okay yes okay listen but that's all i got this week for the month of february going into you know this new month this year has been a little crazy but i feel like it's just preparing us for the amazingness that is to come definitely and i know pisces season is coming up Okay. Okay. I'm here for it. But before we get out of our Purple Pants premonitions, just make sure you let the people know where they can follow you if they're interested in getting a personal reading. If they want to just hop on and watch your lives when you be talking your talk, let the people know. Listen, you can follow me at Gangsta Gurry, and you know it's Gangsta with an A because we don't, we do, don't that. do that buster. Okay, we don't do that ER buster ish <laughs> over here. Okay, and then Gurry G U R R Y. You can find me on Instagram. Um, you can find me on Twitter at the same handle, or you can subscribe to my Patreon, patreon.com backslash Gangsta Gurry. It's where I drop, you know, personal things for the people that want to, you know, know a little bit more about me, get some little personal healing and stuff like that. So holla at your boy. Definitely. Well, get some rest, stay well, mm-hmm. and we we will talk again very soon. Amen. Hallelujah. Holla back. It is time for advice. Give it to you by price. It's time for advice. With Bryce. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Advice with Bryce. This week, we have two submissions. So this week, two people are going to get advice from Bryce. So let's go ahead and get right into this week's two submissions. The first one is from Michael. Hi, Bryce. I'm looking for some advice. What's your advice for an extrovert who's still struggling with the isolation of COVID and social distancing? We'd love to hear from you. Thank you, Michael. Hey, Michael, and thanks for your submission this week. I think that it's a really good topic and one that I can absolutely relate to as myself being an extrovert and definitely kind of still struggling with the effects of COVID. One, I think that it's important to recognize that you are feeling this way. I feel like a lot of people sometimes are in a mood, in a funk, and don't necessarily have a reason to why. So the fact that you've identified that you're an extrovert and this isolation and being in this pandemic is really affecting you, I think is step one. A lot of the times when we kind of fall into these funks, we eat more, we drink more, we maybe pick up some bad habits. And so for me, to avoid that happening or to stop it from happening because it's kind of already happened. I really kind of had to be honest with myself to say like, baby boy, what is you doing? And, you know, I want to be safe 
and I want others to be safe around me. So it really limits the things that I can do. However, in this digital age that we are in, I feel it's best for us to take advantage of as many possibilities as possible. So utilize your friends, utilize your family and your support system. Let them know that you're struggling. I think for me, my biggest issue was I didn't want people to know that I was struggling because they're like, oh, Bryce, you so happy. Bryce, you this. And really, I was struggling. And so I feel like once I released that power and I was opened up to my friends and just said, hey, guys, this is really getting to me. I felt like my friends were so supportive and they checked up on me. They call a lot more. We schedule social distancing days to hang out and so I feel like it's really being honest with your close family and friends that you trust enough to be vulnerable with and let them know that you're struggling and create a schedule you know Monday nights you go on FaceTime with Aunt Susie and Becky you gonna go online and play some games Tuesday night you gonna pick a new hobby while we have this time I've been screaming to my purple pants posse like utilize this time there's so many things that we want to do that we feel like oh I don't have enough time to do I don't want to do this baby this is your time now so take advantage of this set yourself up what are some of your goals Michael that you have for the next two years for this year for the next month and really kind of sort of execute them I think that can really help you. And it's really been helping me be honest, setting goals, working towards my goals. I find that I'm busy, so busy working on myself. I'm like, geez, Louise. So that's really been helping me get through Purple Pants Posse. If you got something, please let us know. Tweet me and see if we can help the baby boy Michael out. Nasir, what's the next advice with Bryce? And our second advice with Bryce submission comes from Dylan. Hi, Bryce. I'm beginning as an assistant flag football coach, and I don't have the courage to find my voice and step up and call shots. Any way you can help me? Thanks for the help. Dylan. Hey, Dylan, and thanks for the question. This really reminds me a lot of when I would start a new job and I would be so scared to actually do my job. If I got a new client, I would be so nervous to interact with them or have to set parameters. I would always kind of go to my supervisor for support. So for me, it was a lack of confidence that I did not trust myself enough to do great work. Although I knew I could do it, it's just when you don't have that experience, you kind of sort of doubt yourself. So what I would say to you is you're not the assistant coach for no reason. You are the assistant coach because you are knowledgeable and you've got the skills. And so you've got to believe in yourself. So that's the advice that I give to you is that, you know what, before you go out to coach flag football, get in that bathroom, look in that mirror and say, Dylan, we gonna call the shots. If I see something, if I say, I'm going to say it. And so you got to really hype yourself up. And sometimes, listen, you got to fake it till you make it. So you got to get hype yourself and then go out there and coach. And if you see something, speak up and maybe it might not start off with you saying a lot, but maybe each day that you are at practice or each day that you are around them, set a goal. Say, you know what? Today, I'm going to at least say three things. And from there, build on it. And if you keep that in mind, 
every time that you go out there, soon enough, you'll just be talking and coaching so regularly that you'll be like, I can't even believe that I had to do advice with Bryce for this. But I definitely can relate. It's definitely, you got to build your confidence up. You're in a new atmosphere, but you have to trust in yourself to know that you're the baby boy, that you the, you are the assistant flag football coach. You got to believe it. And you got to serve it. You got to call the shots like you see it. So don't worry. Build your confidence up and you will be fine. I already know. And that's going to conclude this week's Advice with Bryce. If you have advice with Bryce, you can always email me at purplepantspodcast at gmail.com or moving forward on our Instagram at purplepantspodcast. We'll post up advice questions weekly and if you want an advice question just write it in the comments and your baby boy got you who's the freak who's the freak who's the freak of the week who's that who's that who's that freaky freaky freak who's the freak of the week And we are on to this week's Freak of the Week, baby. Bang! Now, this week's Freak of the Week, I'm not happy about it, okay? You know, normally, I mind my business, and the Freak of the Week, they just come to me. This week, I feel like I'm being stalked. And I'm being harassed for the freak of the week. Okay. I've, you know, I've had people, you know, approach me to want to be on the Zaddy calendars, but this is definitely a Purple Pants podcast. First, for someone to be harassing Baby Boy to be freak of the week. So this week's freak of the week is going to be none other than season four of Sequesters, Jacob Jones. Yes, okay. He did the intro last week talking about he got photos to send. I'm like, baby boy, please keep them, okay? Then Jatia heard it. Jatia then tweeted the clip talk about Jacob really wants to be freak of the week. And Jacob and Jatia on Twitter going back and forth. Then Arissa Cox from Big Brother jumped into the conversation, okay? And sis said, give the people what they want. So Jacob does not know that the only reason he is Freak of the Week is because of Miss Cox and Miss Hart Taylor advocating for him. Okay, he told y'all in the interview, he sent me the silhouette challenge. I don't know if you guys know what it is, but it's where people, um, they play this uh, song like, tap on my shoulders. Something like that. And they're in normal clothes. And then the the song gets a hold away. Let me see if I could get it so y'all can hear it. So y'all don't think I'm being crazy. So, and it's really, it, it just feels, they come up with these challenges. Okay. People just love to show their bodies. This is how the, this is how the song goes. Oh, oh, chat. Wait, well, how that? So you hear when it get real sexy like that, then they turn the lights out, okay? And they have like a red light, and then some of the girls that are doing it 
are naked in it, but you know, it shows off their curves. So Jacob does it. And I guess he's got on boxers when it's in the dark. But for me, it was this weird little waddle that he did at the end that I'm like, is this supposed to be sexy or should I be concerned? Okay. Do we need to see a chiropractor to get your back together? I don't know. But either way, I love the support. And listen, if you got Arissa Cox and Jatia Hart Taylor telling me you need to be freak of the week. Baby boy, you earned your spot. Freak of the week, baby. If Jacob Jones is reluctantly our freak of the week, then it means we are coming to an end of another amazing podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Please make sure you subscribe to my podcast, Purple Pants Podcast, Spotify, Apple podcast or wherever it is that you get your podcasts from make sure you subscribe to my youtube channel bryce isaiah i got some goodies up there make sure you check out the beef delivery video that i just put out this week okay and then make sure you tell a friend tell a neighbor tell a cousin please somebody tell a jacob jones that it's a it's a it's a it's the purple pants it's the purple pants it's the purple pants podcast you better get your headphones and listen up quick Ooh. it's the purple pants podcast you better listen in public might make your stomach hurt Ooh. it's the purple pants podcast you're trying to unwind you better get that box wine it's the purple pants podcast you're trying to get your snack you better hurry right back though it's the purple pants it's the purple pants Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work, limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.